This is Inside the Pylon, the Quick Kicks podcast for Friday, March 18th. Chuck Zada, Mark Schofield. It is NCAA tournament time, and we are not a college basketball show. We are not. Having said that, we still do believe in the concept of the one shining moment that uh, you know every team eventually hopes to uh, get to at the end of the season, hoisting that trophy and those other little moments that go along and really help a team get there. And so what Mark and I wanted to do, take a look back now that we are about a month and a half uh, removed from the 2015 season, and talk about our shining moments from that 2015 season. Some good, some that shine kind of in their own unique way, a little bit below the others, actually. Uh, Mark, how do you want to start this? Well, I mean, I think a, a good place to start is just... The, just the concept of one shining moment, that little like video montage that everybody at CBS and NCA they put together at the end of the tournament, you know, after the final game, and people mock it, people make fun of it because it's kind of corny, but it's a nice little video, and the songs, you know, kind of sentimental, and you get to see clips from the tournament that, you know, the underdogs, the guys jumping up and down on the bench when the 16 seed looks like they might actually finally beat the number one. So we thought, hey, you know, it's a fun little moment. Let's try to put something together. If we were if you know Roger Goodell tasked us with the job of putting together the one shining moment video for this NFL season, what would we want to see in it? And I mean, why don't you give us where you'd start? Well, before we do that, do you want to do the song? <laughs> not singing it. We're not singing it. All right, We're not doing that again. Let's let's see. Uh, in terms of where we start here, okay. Um, I think. I'm going to start first just with something that I thought was a tremendous individual performance over the course of a game, okay? And that is Khalil Mack with his five-sack game. Uh, you know, Khalil Mack, a guy who, you know, obviously drafted high, but I think a lot of people still had questions about whether or not he was going to make the transition effectively coming from a little bit smaller school. And, and clearly, look, this is a guy who has come out and in two years now, Second year in the league, Pro Bowl, first team all pro, you know, comes out, you know, defensive rookie of the year in his first year, I believe, and and really just comes out and makes a huge statement uh, that he is able to not only play at this level, but really be just an elite, elite player. And I think that five sack game to me, you know, symbolizes that the journey isn't complete for him, obviously, but just showing that not only can he play at this level, but be one of the best at this level. I think that's where I start this year. I think that's a good spot. I mean, good way to start this off. And that came against Denver, right? Uh, yeah, it was the game against Denver. Against uh, I think uh, what week was it? I'm trying to remember. I can't remember the exact week that it was. I want to say uh, it was somewhere around like week like 10 or 11 against Denver. Yeah, December 13th uh, against Denver. All of Brock Osweiler, five sacks, and and you know again finished with 15 sacks on the season, 77 tackles couple forced fumbles, you know, really turned into, I think, the player uh, that a lot of people hoped he could be, but didn't know he necessarily could be. I'm really interested to see what Oakland does in that first round pick. If they put somebody right? across from him. Oh, look out. Yeah. Just look out. So yeah. that's where I start. What do you got? Well, if we're going to go with starts from a young player, how about the debut of Marcus Mariota? Okay, you looking I full mean, season or just that? No, first just week? that first game. I mean, yeah. it was hyped up so much. You get the the top two quarterbacks drafted. You know, Winston and Mariota going against each other in that season opener. Mariota comes out and throws four TDs in the first half. I mean, he finishes thirteen of sixteen for two hundred nine. 
a perfect passer rating, and you couldn't have asked for a better debut from him. I mean, his entire season obviously wasn't like this. He had ups and downs, but at least for that one afternoon, I mean, it was like, well, we've got something here, guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it was something that was was pretty special to see, uh, especially, again, you've got him, you know, coming out. And, you know, again, a lot of people with questions about Mariota, even though, you know, going that high, a lot of people always wonder about quarterbacks, whether they're overdrafted, whether they're going to be able to adjust. And as he said, look, for that one game, pretty pretty damn impressive performance. Let's be Quite honest impressive, there. yeah. Just, you know, straight up lights out there. Um, I was actually wrong about Mac, by the way. I do want to make a little... Correction, Whoa, little uh, correction. Little correction. He actually finished third in the rookie of the year voting. I'm in the oh. defensive rookie of the year. Um, I'll go to my next one. This is a single play, actually, uh, and it's from a game that, to be honest, wasn't necessarily one of the best games of the year. Might have actually been uh, one of the worst overall games of the year. It was from that Dolphins Texans game, and okay. it was this was the game that Jarvis Landry just completely went off. And this is the play where he catches the ball kind of on the left sideline coming back and ends up cutting back across the grain against, you know, really across the entire field. And I think probably cuts through like five or six Texans at one point, you know, pretty much just wiggling his way through there, eventually gets to the other side and ends up scoring. And, you know, just again, you talk about a guy in his second year, uh, you know, getting to the Pro Bowl here, a first team all pro from pro football focus and, and really turning himself into uh, a difference maker on offense with 110 catches for uh, 1,157 yards, four touchdowns. But this this game in particular, you know, kind of kind of stands out to me as where that talent, at least to me, first really became apparent. And that play in particular, you know, just showcased the dynamic ability that he has uh, and, and the ability in open field space to move once he has the ball in his hands. Yeah, I mean, that was a really impressive play and just a lights-out game overall for Miami. I mean, how, what did they put up in that game? Uh, I want to say... I mean, it was like, they it, had like 42 at the half. Yeah, it, it was something ridiculous. I mean, it was it was a terrible game to watch. I'll be the first to admit. Uh, Miami put up in, uh, in that game total 44... Uh, and you know, again, just really impressive. There was, it was a 50 yard play when it was all said and done there. One of his two TDs on the day and just something that I thought was, you know, incredibly impressive for me. Yeah. I mean, just a, just a great effort for Miami that day. And, you know, Houston somehow still got to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, that Houston team just turned themselves around and, and look, I think they're going to be, if, if Brock Osweiler can be what O'Brien wants him to be next year. That that team has some real potential, I think, to make yep. some waves. Just because you know so. that that defense in the second half of the year just completely took control. And on offense, if Os- if you've got Osweiler and he's if he's as good as people think he can be coming out of Denver, and you've got him throwing to guys like DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, y- you could have something very very special, very dangerous there next year. Yeah, and the great thing with getting Osweiler is they don't have to go quarterback early. I mean, they no. can go best player available. They can get another weapon. I mean, they'll be picking in an area where you could probably get one of the top wide receivers in this draft. Do you think they still take a quarterback somewhere later on, like a third or fourth, just as insurance? Yeah, I mean, you almost treat it like you know the Washington RG3 Kirk Cousins deal, where yeah. you got your guy, but you get some backup and some insurance for it in case Osweiler doesn't pan out. I mean, you could... Here we go again. I mean, say in the third round, Christian Hackenberg's on the board. 
Oh, you're going going back to the Hacking O'Brien match I mean, made in heaven. You got to mention it. You got to mention it. All right. So my next one, it's it's similar to yours and talking about a sort of like young under the radar player making just one explosive play that you know kind of typified the season the Lee had. Unfortunately, it ended early. And I'm going to that Thursday night Dolphins Patriots game. And it wasn't even a touchdown, but when Deion Lewis caught that ball in the flat and put that spin move yep. on Koa Misi, yep. where he caught the ball, he had his back to Misi, he fakes like he's going to cut back to the middle of the field and then spins around him and leaves Misi grasping nothing but air. Was that, bef- mean, was that before the Dallas game? I think it was after the Dallas game. Because remember the Dallas the game? The Dallas game with the up and under. The up and, and under. and then Yeah, yeah right, right on the uh, like right numbers. Yeah. Yeah, but both of those plays, I mean, just showcasing the the ability that he has there. I mean, just incredible change of direction, the ability to make defenders miss in open space. He meant so much to that offense, and you and I both know that after he went down, the Patriots still had success, but it wasn't the same offense. They had to do things differently, and they kept trying to, and you even saw it in the AFC Championship game, the game plan that they had with James White, Yep. It didn't quite work, but if they had Deion Lewis running those wheel routes against linebackers, it's a different game. Yeah, I mean, clearly, you know, a a special talent in terms of his quickness and ability with the ball in his hands. Certainly not the biggest guy, not the fastest necessarily, but the quickness and the change of direction, as good as anyone in the game, if not, you know, you can put him up there against just about anyone out there yeah. today. It's, it's just yeah. freakish. Uh, quickness and agility that he possesses there. Yeah, and one of those Swiss Army Knife type guys that can run the ball, that can catch the ball out of the backfield, that can split out wide that New England loves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, what's your next? Okay, what do we want to do here? We want to do the one thing that everyone expected me to do. We're going to go special teams. Here we go. Do I I go with the good one or do I go with the bad one? They're they're both kind of bad in their own way. I mean, we, we all know what the bad one is, right? Might as well get that one out of the way. Yeah, we, we might as well get the Colts fake punt out of the way because yeah. th- this is one that, look, in terms of shining moments, this one is unique in its just incredible ineptitude. Uh, you have this play where, again, the Colts line up facing the Patriots, and, and they try to do the, the classic swinging gate where a lot of the offensive line goes off to one side, and there's one player you know with the ball in his hands and, and a guy behind him, so that if for whatever reason the defense isn't prepared, you can either throw to someone behind the line, or maybe the guy takes the snap and just runs with it. Well, the Patriots figure it out. They actually have four guys right around the ball, and then they have everyone else pretty much off to the side. Indianapolis does the logical thing and snaps the ball despite this. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, and, and look, it, it, it was a guy who uh, Griff Whalen just, you know, apparently was put into that role right before the game. Didn't know exactly uh, what the call was, exactly what was going to be happening. They snapped the ball to him. And it, look, he's, he's tackled pretty much immediately uh, for a loss there. Probably the single most baffling special teams play that I have seen. I'm trying to think of how far back you got to go. I would say ever. I mean, that's it's. I can't remember anything quite like this. We had the Jets with the chameleon return back in 2014, but that was that was a whole that was a much much more uh, passable concept as as inept as that was. This was just a whole different level uh, of completely complete uselessness, to be honest. And something that you know, really, when you talk about that shining moment, you just don't see this ever. No. No, and 
it was even called in like a bad. It just none of it made sense. I mean, you think you do that, you get either New England burns the timeout or you take the timeout when you see they've got it covered, and you punt the ball. But they snapped it, and they snapped it with three guys lined up across from the guy who was lined up at center. Yeah, you. Had, it just made absolutely no sense. Well, th- this is this is the best part is you had you had three guys right over center, and then you had another about four yards away. So literally, there, it's it's four on two if you count the guy with the ball. Like, it just doesn't make any sense at all. And unfortunately, I mean, you've got the the classic picture is the one of Whalen taking the snap, and or was it Whalen who took the snap, or was it him who snapped the ball? I can't remember now. I think he was the one that took the snap. I think he. I think he was the one that took it as well. Um, but you know, you've got him sitting there. You know, he's he's receiving the snap, and you've got two Patriots just standing right over the the center, saying, "Is is this really happening?" And right, it was. And we're all we're all luckier for that man. Yeah, we all are. I, I just quickly googled it, and like the first four results are NFL.com. Colts fake punt goes horribly horribly wrong. CBS Sports. Colts run worst fake punt in NFL history. <laughs> SB Nation. The Colts ran what may be the worst trick play in NFL history. Business Insider. Here's what happened on the Colts' horrible fake punt. Yeah, when Business Insider's picking you up, yeah, you, you know you, you're you've done something special. You've done something special. Something very special. Um, do you want to give your other special teams one, or should I go? Uh, why don't you go? I'm I'm going to call it with just one special teams, and then I'll go to my uh, my officially the runner-up for our top overall play okay so we each get like two more and then we'll unveil the yeah and then we'll then we'll unveil the masterpiece okay i'm gonna go since you kind of went with something was a little you know a little bit of a downer i'll go with a little bit of a downer and that's the cam newton fumble in the super bowl where the ball's loose and he doesn't go for it Ooh, yeah controversy not so much controversy you gotta have you know you've got to have even in the one shining moment montage they show either a bad play or guys crying or somebody you know they've just lost and you got to have something like that but I, I will balance that i'll slip this one in quickly okay the cam newton nod from that giants panthers game yep. Do you remember that yep Yep. And the Giants scored with 34 seconds left or something to yep. tie it. And Cam's on the sideline. He's got the towel on his head like he always does. And he's just like, all right, just goes, I got this. Okay. We're good. Okay. Goes right down the field and they score the game-winning field goal. Yep. Yep. So balance those two Cam Newton ones out. Okay. I, c- I can work with that. I'm going to yep. bounce back to uh, I'm gonna bounce to a good one here. Or at here least we go. Good for one team. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers to Richard Rodgers, Hail Mary against uh, Detroit. Yeah. We could double dip with the two Rogers Hail Marys, right? You, you, we could probably put both in there. I, the, they should. The Detroit one, I just thought, like, I remember sitting there and I'm just like, no, like, it's not going to happen. And, and then, of course, it does. And you're sitting there and your mind is completely blown from it. And it, it, it was just a special play. I mean, it's, yeah. there, there's no other way to describe it. And, you know, again, you've got, you know, Rogers to Rogers, the, I guess I'm what what am I going to call him Richard Rodgers okay y- you know you've got him just kind of backing into the end zone Detroit's n- nowhere near him really they're all standing behind him yeah. and you end up with that play and it's just you know just a special play right there yeah and you know even the the other one against Arizona in the wild card game I mean that was one where Arizona played it right they blitzed him they flushed him to his left and he still had enough yep <laughs> the torque in that guy still I mean, had the torque unbelievable. baby unbelievable um but the Lions won Again, in this day and age, everything gets 
Twitterized and made into a meme. And the the clip of Stafford sitting down where he just throws his hat and Calvin Johnson just like falls off the screen. <laughs> yeah, it's. I it, mean, it, and it's, when and when Megatron announces retirement, people are like, "This is the moment he decided he was done." I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if you see that, you're like, look, I, we're not getting over the hump. We're <laughs> just a, not getting over the hump. It's, a, it's all right. This is it. You know, this like enough. Yeah. If it's going to um, come to this, I'm done. Yeah. All right. All you right. got one so more? What do we got? You got one more and then uh, then we go to our top pick. Okay. Um, I'll, fit, I'll fit in two quick ones. One nice heartwarming story. Eric Berry's comeback. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, his little return and a personal kind of heartwarming story for me. The Kirk Cousins, you like that. Kirk's kind of my white whale. You've got one of those shirts now. I do have one of those shirts, courtesy of Inside the Pylon head writer Dave Archibald, who was kind enough to, given that Kirk Cousins has been kind of my white whale, I've written some nice things about him, and then he's, you know, choked like a dog, and then I've written about how he's choked like a dog, and he does some good things, and then I write about him, and it's just this vicious cycle with Kirk and I. But again, after the You Like That game, that was a great moment, and Dave was kind enough to send me a shirt. Can uh, Can I get a You Like That? You like that? You like that? That's pretty good. That was pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, we get our top moment. <sighs> yeah, was the one that caps off the, uh, the 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 like final like clip of the one shining moment. Yeah, why don't why don't you take us through it? Take us because this you, I know you love this more than just about anyone else. I mean, I don't know if I love it more than just about anybody else, but I mean, I think it's great. It's just okay. So the the, the Broncos won the Super Bowl, right? And, you know, obviously it, we kind of knew it at the time and it's been confirmed now that this was it for Peyton Man, and this was, this was the final ride, the ride into the sunset. And so he wins and they've got the, you know, on-field interview. And what does he say? Well, I mean, Peyton says, and let's actually play the clip right now just to see exactly what he says. I got a couple of priorities first. I want to go kiss my wife and my kids. I want to go... You know, hug my family. I'm going to drink a lot of Budweiser tonight, Tracy. I promise you that. How fantastic is that? I mean, look, the guy likes his Budweiser. Yeah. The guy just likes his Budweiser. He's an all-American boy. He's going to go home and drink some Budweiser just like everyone else should. Budweiser. I'm wondering, Budweiser, what time is Budweiser going to end? Budweiser. Yeah. I mean, you know, putting aside the fact that, you know, Budweiser isn't, you know, there's some ownership issues there that don't really make it the all-American beer <laughs> these days. But, I mean, you know, it, you could say, look, okay, Peyton Man is basically just a walking billboard right now. Whatever. It, I got to think that that was just a genuine moment from a guy who had just won the Super Bowl and knew he was pretty much done. And he was just like, you know, whatever. I mean, we saw a lot of genuine human emotion from the Manning brothers during that course of that game. And after that game, when we saw Peyton saying he's going to go drink some beer, we saw Eli being like, oh, my God, he won another Super Bowl. Now I got to go win another. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we covered our one shining moment, my friend. I think we got pretty much through it. Do we want to do a little special announcement about what we have coming next week? I think we do. Um, I can kind of set the stage for this and say that, look, you know, this is kind of the last sort of normal quick kicks podcast you're going to hear from a while unless some news breaks because, Chuck, we've got something that I think is going to be very cool that we're rolling out starting next week. Why don't you tell the listeners what it is? Yeah, this is actually uh, something that Mark and I dreamed up uh, down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile this year back in January. 
And we were sitting around talking, and we said, you know, obviously we're going to do, you know, the mock drafts, and we, we're going to have some player profiles and this and that. But what can we do that's a little bit different? What can we do that is a little bit uh, outside the box to borrow from our favorite management consultants? And so we said, why don't we do, instead of just doing a mock draft, what if we did, you know, kind of a mock war room? And we, we started to develop the idea out a little bit. And so what we've done is we went out and we found NFL draft experts for all 32 teams. So we're going through every, every single team, even the Patriots, who though they don't have a first-round pick, we're putting them 32nd just because... The, we're going to let, you know, the Pats front office gripe about losing the first-round pick yeah, for 15 minutes? Well, it's, yeah, we'll, we'll let them just complain for 15 minutes about how they should have a first-round pick. But we've gone out, we've got great people for uh, every team, and we let them assemble their own staff. So they picked, in some cases, offensive and defensive coordinators, in some cases, director of pro and amateur scouting. They were able to set up the, the kind of front office they wanted, and pretty much what we're going to do is we're going to press record... And we're going to let them debate for 15 minutes who they're going to take with that pick. We're going to be running one of these a day up until the NFL draft right on April 28th. And we hope it's just a way that we can give you a little bit of different content, something that's a little bit uh, unusual that you know not really anyone else does. And hopefully give you a little bit of an insight into the kinds of things that people may be looking at in that war room and how that process works. And so we're going to be starting this on Monday. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting to see how it plays out is we're not setting it up where you know we've already done a live draft, so everybody knows going in like what they're going to talk about. I mean, we're basically going to tell these people when we before we hit record, say, "Okay, you're San Francisco, you're picking seventh. Here are the six guys that have come off the board. Adjust your boards. Ready, go." Yeah, this is essentially we're sending people into this completely blind. Yeah. So. We don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to lie. This is probably one of the more nerve-wracking things that we're putting together because I have no idea how it's going to go. It could either go incredibly well, incredibly badly, or somewhere in between. So we're going to pretty much press record, and we're going to see what happens uh, on each of these. We're pretty excited for it, and we think it should be really, really cool to watch. One, one way or another, you're going to see something amazing. Either it's going to be great, or you're going to see a complete train wreck. Hopefully it's the, the, the former, but either way, look, if, if you're not subscribing to our podcast on a daily basis already, go to iTunes, go to Overcast, go to whatever your podcast app is, subscribe to us. We're going to be running this every day. You don't want to be checking in with us every day in order to do this. You just want to be able to get it delivered to your iPhone, delivered to your, your Samsung, whatever it is that you use, go and subscribe to it. We're going to be running these for the next six weeks. And it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a blast with it. It'll be a good time, and I think it'll be really informative for you as well. You're going to get, look, we've got 32 great, great people lined up to, to go through this. I mean, it's, it's going to be a pretty spectacular event, I think. Uh, well, and plus the people that they're going to bring to the table, too. So you're going to get, you know, yeah, we've, we've probably got, close to 100 different opinions on different players for each team. Yeah, th there's in, in total probably about 90 to 100 people that are going to be working on this project. Make sure that you uh, subscribe to us. Tell your friends to, subscri to subscribe to us, too. I mean, this is, this is kind of a big deal in terms of what we're putting together. We'd love it if you could tell people about us. Make sure also like us on iTunes or anywhere that you can. Just drop us a quick review because this is something that we're putting a lot of time and effort into. Would love to see you uh, be able to help us promote it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it would be great. And again, it will be beneficial to the, the guests that are co coming on. I mean, some of them are writers for other sites. Some of them 
are people with connections to the league that you know they'll be glad to have their name spread around and have nice things said about them. Yeah, I mean we've got we've got a couple guys who are uh, you know ex scouts on teams. We've got a couple guys who are ex players from NFL teams. We've got pretty much all of draft Twitter. So get ready for some hot takes. It's it's going to be as good as it gets. Hopefully, and if not, you know just. Remember that this was an idea that Chuck and I concocted over some uh, veal sweetbreads and, you know, an adult beverage or two down a mobile. So if it crashes and burns, well, it was Chuck and I that made it crash and burn. I'll, I'll take most of the blame. We'll for take it. the heat for it. <laughs> but it, it should be it should be a really fun exercise, and hopefully that people enjoy it. And it's hopefully something we can do each year. Um, and there is one final aspect of that which we haven't mentioned yet, which is after the draft is done, we will have myself and Shane Alexander. Um, who's basically one of our head, basically ITP's sort of head draft guru, breaking down each pick that the teams are made from a you know a prospect profile as well as a scheme fit you know kind of giving you know putting on our our Todd McShay and our Mel Kuyper hats for a second and breaking down how the draft how that first round shakes out. So it's going to be a ton of interesting new and different content that we're putting out leading us up until the draft, and I really think people will enjoy it. Absolutely. Now again, this starts Monday. We do have the weekend now, Mark. Crack it open, buddy. It's time. It's time to rest up. We gotta rest these vocal cords for what's what's coming ahead. Absolutely, folks. Enjoy the weekend. Hope you had a great St. Patty's Day. Before we've got a bunch of NCAA tournament games coming up the next couple days. Sit back, relax, watch a little basketball. Come back Monday. We're talking NFL draft for the next six weeks here on the ITP Quick Kicks Podcast.